tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. Welcome. I'm Brett Terpstra. I'm here with Christina Warren. It's good to be back. How are you, Christina? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's early for me, so I and I just took my Dexedrine, so you're probably going to hear me get more awake as the show goes. But I'm fine. Uh, how are you? Before we we address uh, the fact that we haven't talked together in a couple of weeks, how are you doing? Well, so here's the thing. The thing of it is, it, I had what a, happened was my my mother in law, my ex mother in law, used to always say the thing of it is is, and it 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 it, it drove me nuts. It's fine. She's not my mother in law anymore. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I I'm, so I've got some depression going on, which is bad enough on its own. And then yesterday, I gave myself food poisoning not once but twice, and. Not like real food poisoning. Like right. I'm pretty sure it was all in my head. Like I I ate something that tasted off. Like it it was definitely off, like spoiled. But like I don't eat meat. Like I don't get like food poisoning from like legit food poisoning. But it it it, it tasted off and my body revolted against it and I started puking. And then uh. the taste was stuck in my mouth. And, like, every time I would taste it, I would retch again. Oh, God. And I thought, so it happened with an egg sandwich in the morning. Okay, no, okay. You get legit food poisoning from eggs, but okay, right, go on. Right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The thing of it is, is, is. that <laughs> I thought it was the egg, but the egg didn't smell off. Like, I, when I cooked it, 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 like, everything seemed fine. I've never had an egg that was bad and didn't at least look a little bit bad. Okay. So, but I was like, okay. So, so the the egg was bad, and I got through it in the morning, and I uh, I had my lunch, and then like I, I'm seeing a nutritionist now, and part of my diet is I'm actually allowed to eat like bread. So I was gonna enjoy a piece of toast in the afternoon, and I got halfway through the piece of toast and realized. It was what it, it was where that taste was coming from. Oh no! So the bread was like moldy or bad or whatever. I, I guess I I looked at it. It looked fine, but yeah, definitely had this rancid, weird, indescribable flavor to it that it did not have, you know, two days before. And uh, and yeah, so I I did it again, and that was right before we were supposed to record yesterday. And so I just I said. We're gonna we're gonna wait a day, and I won't eat any more bread. And I haven't. I have not eaten any more bread at all. Uh, good. I'm glad. I, uh, uh, I I'm really glad. Uh, I hope you threw the bread that you have away. Yeah, okay, I good. did. I did. You it sound took, like it you took sound twice. Like disappointed. <laughs> I really like bread. I, I I like bread too. You can buy more bread. <laughs> uh, clearly, the bread that you had though was bad. Like you can yeah. get new bread. Yeah. Um so uh last week you uh you you, you did you did your own thing kind of it was an yeah. episode with two Christinas was the way it I was. described it to people. It was pretty great though. Yeah, you seem to have fun. I'll be honest, I couldn't listen to it. Like the beauty of Descript is that I can just search <laughs> for the word edit and anywhere that someone was like, oh, you should edit here, I can just find that without having to go through, like, who's fuckable in a boy band? <laughs> like, I can just skip all of that. Honestly, like, I caught a little bit of it. I searched for my own name so I could hear where you badmouth me. Brett's a little yeah. bitch and all of this stuff. I love this. Yes. Brett's, Brett's too Gen X for this. And I heard that and I'm like, you know what? That's true. I I actually don't have to... I don't have to sit through this. I can edit this with one hand. I so until you said this, I completely forgot that like I I called you a little bitch and said you were huge next to that. And now I'm and now I'm thinking back. I'm like fair. <laughs> well, so and 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 people can chime in on this, but I I have oral surgery in a couple weeks. Well, actually, it's next Friday, so I'll be able to record next week. But then I will probably not be uh, up to talking. The week after, so I was gonna have, uh, I was gonna see if Ashley wanted to come back again. Yes. If people like overall, the general response to that episode 
was people were thrown at first. Like when you did the immediate deep dive into like 90s boy bands. Yes. People were thrown, but they came around and they enjoyed it by the end and they really liked the dynamic between you two. So I yeah, don't I, feel like it's going to replace me entirely, but I feel no. like it's a nice it's a nice to have two Christinas once in a while. People people can live with that. I think so. It's a nice palate cleanser. No, it doesn't replace you at all. Uh, there has been talk on the Twitters. People are like, she and I should have a spinoff podcast. And that, that I could see. And that I actually like. I like that idea a lot. But maybe maybe, maybe we do like another thing together. We could see if it's like we, we test it out again and see like if that's going to happen. Because I wasn't intending to go as deep as we went. We We had started even before we started recording. We were kind of talking a lot and and we just kind of went right into it and i was like oh this is going to be totally different but this was really fun <laughs> yeah so how's work going so work is work is good our fiscal year just started which um is is interesting because it's like there's a lot of planning a lot of other stuff that happens so and also a lot of people are taking vacation so it's one of those things where like the next couple months are um, in some ways going to be at least for some of my, some of the stuff that I do slower. And then in some things more busy, I don't know. It, it all sort of depends. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I was part of the windows 11 launch, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Actually very cool. Yeah. I, I haven't, I don't follow windows much, so I haven't like dug into that, but, uh, but you seem pretty excited about that. I mean, look, I, I can say this like more candidly on this podcast because like less people listen to it than not less people, but like less. What you mean is fewer people. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah, you're well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. Hey, but but I was also I was trying to be like I was like because well, we have a lot of listeners, but it's it's a different listener base. So it's it's like I don't know how many of my my coworkers like listen. You know if, if that makes sense, which makes it somewhat easier. Um, not that I'm saying anything that like get me in trouble or whatever. I don't think, but, um, windows 11 is, uh, like the visual overhaul is really good. Like there were some things like that. They definitely stole from Mac OS and they stole. Well, how's that? Fair enough. Okay. Well, rather than good, like I was trying to like do the grammar thing since I, I got the <laughs> less and fewer wrong. Um, so it, that's kind of cool. There's also some cool stuff happening on the developer side. That was the thing I was more involved with. I was involved with the developer event and kind of getting to do a deep dive on some of the changes coming to some of the ways that you can um, develop for both web apps and native apps and the store and in games and shit like that. So there was there were some cool things. Um, I uh, I've, I'm not you know somebody who usually follows Windows either, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it when it launches in the fall. So. That that was cool. It was also I'm not gonna lie, like it was cool to have a role, even though it was small, as part of like a major operating system launch. That was kind of cool. That is cool. I uh, so it's it's our we're we're planning for our fiscal year too over at the uh, over at the Oracle. Yeah. And uh, w so I think I've mentioned before that Oracle is sponsoring Red Bull Racing. Oh wow! So part of our planning is like. It, my my team, the Devrel team, is is basically forefront on the Red Bull uh, kind of partnership, and we have to come up with ways that Oracle can tie into uh, like Formula One racing, and like it's been fun. We've been finding like we're doing a lot of machine learning stuff and uh, and kind of race prediction. Uh, efficiency, uh, hands-on learning labs for developers to kind of play around with F1 historical data and everything. Um, cool. But Red Bull wants like a year. They want like a plan for like a year. What's going to happen for the next year? How are you going to make this interesting? And that feels like a lot of pressure all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, we can yeah. do one thing at a time. Take it as it comes. Come up with interesting like things in the moment. But a year plan seems like crazy. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Uh, they they want I think that the term is they they want like marketing moments, movements, whatever, so that they can position their stuff. But yeah, I I think the good news is I think I'm not 100 percent positive, but I feel like this is one of those things where you guys can like come up with like 
really like broad strokes. Yeah. And then if this stuff changes, like they're not going to know or care, like as long as it, as long as it's still cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It'll be fine. They're doing a corny video. We're doing a, a machine learning lab and they're doing this like intro video about how uh, their whole team of like uh, efficiency planners and pit crew and everything could just take the week off because the developers are going to do all the work for them. <laughs> oh, oh, corporate humor. I, I oh. love Zash. Hate and, it. And they, uh, so I was helping my my co-writer Aaron get a package together because we're going to start doing some videos uh, like YouTube, uh, just DevRel stuff. Yeah. And uh, and so I helped her put together like a video package proposal to get some hardware for her. And I figured she would be the on-camera personality and I would handle editing. But then my manager said, oh, no, it would be better to have two on-camera personalities. And you guys could like take turns and do some back and forth. And, and so now I'm getting a whole slew of uh, camera and lighting and green screens and everything. Um, Very nice. I'm a little bit like I'm not shy. Uh, I I I do get self conscious, um, but like I speak at like Mac World and Mac Stock, and I I, I do. Find, You're on a podcast right now. Well, yeah, talking like I have a face for radio. That's not a problem. I don't get self conscious about like my voice or anything. Um, I do. I hate my teeth. Like I hate seeing my teeth. And <laughs> oral surgery is not going to help that. Um, well, because it's all the back teeth. But anyway, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I can do it. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I prefer to be the behind the scenes, the, the voice in the background. What, um, what camera are they going to get you? Um, I picked out a Panasonic something seven. Uh, I went through a bunch of reviews, and that was the one that, at, for a for a, a reefer model, was kind of within budget and highly rated for video. Nice, yeah. I think I know what model you're talking about, or like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a G7 or something. Yeah, I wanted to say G7, but then I felt like that was a pop song, like a G7. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know about that, but I. Uh, uh yeah so so there's that uh, and then are you going to get a um yeah that's a, that's a pretty good um camera um uh, for, for from what I remember because when I had to go through and buy a bunch of video stuff last year when the pandemic hit I wound up getting a Sony A6400 um but uh, I'd looked at the the Panasonic and I looked at some other things I wound up going with the Sony but that was probably was probably overkill um how much is so, that one cuz I haven't I haven't made the purchase yet. I just got approved for my... Oh, it's about the same price, really. Um, I just got approved for my corporate Amex card. Nice. But I won't have that for another three weeks. So I still have time to... I don't know what it would be like on refurb. I think it was. I think it's like $1,000 MSRP, which is overkill for, for online video. 900 yeah. So um, or Or what kind of lens did you get with it? Oh, I just have like the stock lens. It's uh, well, it's nine hundred for the camera only, mm-hmm. with a fifty millimeter lens. Then it's twelve hundred. That's that's get, that gets more up there. So yeah. So the one that I've got is I'm looking at what B and H has. I have the sixteen to fifty millimeter lens, and it's like a thousand dollars from B and H. Yeah. So and I, that was about what I spent. I got it from B and H, and then um, and that was honestly, I knew that was overkill when I bought it. <laughs> Um, I think though, but it was hard. There was a weird thing where it was hard to get cameras at the time. I don't even know if, and I'm not sure if the G7 was out yet. It might've been, but it was one of those things where, you know, like I, I just, I, I was like going to get like a, like, like I was looking at like some 1080p cameras, which would have been fine. Cause I don't broadcast in 4k, but then I was like, well, maybe I want 4k. I don't know. Um, and then there were some like other models and then one of my colleagues ended up getting it and I was like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just get this one. Um, and then I, I use the cam link, uh, yeah. as, as my interface, which is great. Yep. We're getting that. If you can't get the cam link for some reason, the HD 60, um, uh, uh, S is, uh, like, a their streaming, um, dongle. 
Okay. Um, the 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 plus version, the 60s plus, which is only sold at Best Buy, will also work as a cam link. It has the same hardware. Okay. So it'll it'll have the same thing. So for some reason you can't get a Camlink 4K. It's like fifty dollars more, but you can get the the 60s plus um, from Elgato, and it has that. And I know this because I was able to get a Camlink, but I first got the the 60s plus, and then was able to score a Camlink another way. So this is why I know these things. So. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I had fun talking with Ashley about video equipment. That was last time she was on Systematic. That was uh, a major oh, yeah, she, focus she, of the show. Yeah, I was gonna say she would know even more than like I would in that in that case. But yeah, but uh, I couldn't afford the light she recommended. Those were they were like a hundred dollars per light, and then like a thousand dollars for the set. Yeah, no, I think you can get like a key light or um, like a even like a ring light or something will be, will be good. Yeah, like, we ordered we our our package includes two LED panel lights and a ring light, which I think will be perfectly sufficient for what we're going to do. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So um, let's talk about Brett's mental health. You talked about it a little bit, but you said you've been depressed. What's been going on? What? No, I'm doing that. Uh, I I don't really have the manic episodes for for a while now and I just get uh I just get a week or so of being low energy. I'm not it's not depression like the world sucks. I I don't want to be here kind of depression. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just don't feel like doing anything and yeah. I'm low energy and it's really difficult for me to pay attention to stuff and it it'll last i don't know three to five days and then i'll be fine again and rocking at life but at the moment just a little bit uh we'll call it under the emotional weather i'm very sorry to hear that and i hope that it it um fades quickly hey thanks yeah it'll be fine it's gonna be fine (laughs) it's gonna be fine um yeah, so my parents made the front page of the local newspaper. <laughs> nice. And, In a good way or bad way? Well, it depends on how you look at it. Um, oh, no. They're, they're part of this Bible translation program. Okay. Where they're, they're translating the Bible, and I don't know which version they're working from, but into this language called SUN, and I can't remember what it stands for, but it's for blind and deaf people. And so I guess if you're like a Christian and and you think that your interpretation of the Bible should be translated for, you know, uh, a a population who would benefit from it in some way, then I guess what they're doing is good. But for me personally, like, I don't like their interpretation of the Bible to begin with. And I feel like they take a lot of liberties with understanding the actual intent of 2,000-year-old text. Mm -hmm. And I don't love the idea of them uh, being in charge of someone else's understanding and interpretation of said text. So, it's a weird spot for me because my mom's, like, super proud of it. Like, it's been... Uh, her her kind of like focus for over a year now, and so I have to just kind of keep my mouth shut about it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that I think that makes sense. I think that um, yeah, I'm looking this up now. This is like the symbolic universal notation and yeah, a way to reach it. the deaf and blind. Yeah, so it's um, like I, I hear what you're saying, and I totally really respect the whole like you don't agree with their interpretation and don't necessarily want them in charge of that stuff. I think that's really fair, but I also think ideally, you know, this isn't the only translation that will be available of something like this for people who are, who are both deaf deaf and blind. Um, And I'm not sure if this specific language is like specific from like this Christian point of view or if it's something else. I don't think that it is. Um, Uh, Oh, no, actually, it seems like it is. So It it, very much is. And and because it's such a limited set of characters, like, they, it's very broad strokes, like, right. Okay, I'm I'm looking at this now. Yeah, I'm reading about this now. So it's, it's, it's 
symbolic universal notation. And it's a program that brings scripture to the li- illiterate deaf as well as the deaf blind using a symbolic system of writing the illiterate deaf who are not educated in sign language as well as the deaf blind can read God's word for themselves. <laughs> I mean, okay. Do I, they need it is the question. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I'm in a weird position here. In the one hand, like, I actually am very much in favor of translating works of of all religions into things that that the blind the deaf whatever can can consume um maybe not this approach per se uh, like i would prefer it to be like from in in a format that is not tied to a particular ideology right like you know like but like i'm very much in favor of, of braille bibles or 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 Qurans or or um you know uh torahs or or whatever like I, I think that that's really important to be able to translate and have available famous texts whatever we may think of them uh for for people who consume things differently i actually think that's really important uh, i don't personally love that maybe this is coming at it from this specific place but i also want to acknowledge that this is a nice thing and it's a good thing that they're doing and, and that, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the world is worse off because there's more education out there, even if it's not education that I, that we agree with. I find fundamentalist education very traumatic for people. Yeah. And I, I just, see that. I think like I'm fine with literary works and, and education, but uh, I guess, edu- I, I, I guess education is the wrong word. I guess I'm not, I, I, I hear you on the traumatic thing. I guess I don't, I don't feel like the world is worse off if there are more books. Right. No. And I can, I can agree with that there. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I get it. I, I get it. If your, we were get, talking about, a, if we're talking about a Braille translation of something like a King James version that could be viewed as historical literature. I, I would have slightly different feelings about it than translating like one person's distilling of the NIV into what like 52 symbols to represent like all of the ideas in it. It, it gets ugly. We don't have to keep talking about this. No, it was, no, no yeah. you just kind of brought it up and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a tangent on it, but yeah, oh, I, 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 I totally I, brought I, it up. <laughs> No, but 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 I but I totally like I, I understand like your hesitancy there. I mean, like on the one, but I mean, I the only thing I'll say is like I, that sounds like a lot of work. So I'm sure they're yes. very proud of what they've been doing, even if it's not something that like you or I agree with. Yes, and and I, I will be nice about it. I will smile and nod. Right. Uh, my mom even asked me for help one week to see if her translation of. <laughs> A very innocuous verse was <laughs> like legit, and mm. I was just like, "Yeah, no, it seems like you captured the idea of this." Uh, just I don't remember what it was. It was like something from Numbers or Deuteronomy or some inconsequential book. Anyway, uh, the the last thing I'm going to ask, and, and then I swear we can move on, but because this is going to kill me if I don't. Otherwise. Do they at least work with experts in language, like for people who oh, work with, no. with, so they don't like work with people who work with the deaf blind or, no. or with, or with the, no, no, okay. nor, nor with people who actually understand Bible translation in general. Okay. It's very much, here's some words, make them make sense using these characters. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, we should, uh, we should, we should talk about this week's sponsor. We should. Which I, there is no segue here. Like it there is can, no segue, cannot although, be done. Well, I was going to try to be like, you know, um, look, it, it's, it's a better segue than after you talked about food poisoning. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yep. It is. He definitely, uh, yes. <laughs> this week's sponsor is, has nothing to do with food poisoning or Bible <laughs> translation. Or Bible translations. Uh, uh, this week's episode is brought to us by Ritual Protein. Uh, protein powders can feel intimidating with all that, uh, no pain, no gain stuff that gets associated with them. But the Mm -hmm. truth is deep down, like cellular level deep, we all need protein and it's about more than just muscles. Ritual's team of scientists reimagined protein from the ground up and from the inside out and from how it's made to who it's for. 
The result is a delicious plant-based protein offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs, all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. Whether you're doing reps or you're more into dog walks, Ritual is uh, introducing essential protein here to shake things up. I That pun kills me every time. It's... <laughs> It, it it's clever enough. Now things up, yeah. <laughs> now that I'm a corporate guy and I have a busy meeting schedule, taking the time to cook lunch has been tough. And I've actually switched to only doing shakes for lunch. Uh, two cups of spinach in a blender with some uh, ritual protein uh, gets me through my day just fine. And uh, Getting the protein that I need so I don't feel hungry has been vital, and the nutrition that would otherwise take some careful meal planning, uh, it, it's right there for me, and I don't have to think about it. Having used some meal replacement products in the past, I can tell you that essential protein tastes great. Like, not just in comparison to others, it's actually just tasty. Um, like I've used pea protein in the past and making it taste good is crazy hard. No amount of peanut butter or banana can like override the taste of pea protein for me. Uh, so total props to ritual on that achievement. And they did it without added sugar or sugar alcohols. Uh, the trick apparently is handcrafted vanilla flavor made from a direct from farmer vanilla bean extract sustainably harvested in Madagascar. Madagascar. <laughs> Madagascar. Madagascar. And I know this because of the visible supply chain that Ritual uses. You always know what's in their formulas and the, where the ingredients come from and why they're included. Essential protein comes in clean plant-based formulas specifically created to support nutrient needs of different life stages like 18+, plus, pregnancy and postpartum, and 50+. plus. 20 grams of pea protein plus a complete amino acid profile made with essential choline to help fill common dietary gaps. Like all Ritual products, essential protein is soy-free, gluten-free, and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. So, why not shake up your Ritual? To, to make so trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, our listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash overtired to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash overtired. Thanks to Ritual for their continued support of Overtired. Thank you very much. So I uh, I, I told you at the beginning of this episode that I didn't have anything to talk about and you're gonna have to drive the conversation, but I keep yeah. I keep wanting to talk about stupid stuff. Um I I have I have a you, you go first because I but I do have a, a stupid thing I want to talk about, but I want to hear you first. So I my 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 uh synology died. What, had that happened last time we talked? It had not. It had not. Um so I have like twelve terabytes of storage on a synology and it started resetting. Apparently ah. this is a thing that happens where the reset switch goes faulty. So mm -hmm. like every day I would I would log into it and the web interface would tell me that I had reset it and I had to reinstall all of my packages and fortunately like my data was always there but like my my git server my plex server all of that just kept disappearing right and uh so I went to I went through their support and I was 2 months out of warranty but they were like don't worry about it I got approval. Here's an RMA. Send us a unit. I got my new unit uh, two days ago. Nice. And everything is back up and running, and I didn't lose any data. And I have heard from one other person that they had a rough time with Synology support and being just like 90 days out of warranty. But I had a great experience. I'm very happy with Synology right now. Yeah, I'm actually really happy to hear that. So I haven't had that issue, um, although I have dealt with them for with support in the past and I've had really good experience. And we've got, we have a couple of units and one of ours is a few years old, but one of them is like at this point, it's like eight or nine years old. I think it's like a 20, it's like, it's like the 18, 13 plus or something. Yeah. And so it's, it's old and, and we definitely need to replace it, but it's still chugging along. Like it's far out of warranty. Um, but it's, it's been great. I mean, but, um, 
it's interesting you bring this up because people like Western Digital yeah. has had all these hacks. Yeah. And and people have been like asking, like, what are things I should use? And and I I had said QNAP, you know, might be an option for some people. Um I, I I've used their stuff before. I've never owned it, but I have used their their stuff before. But I've I've owned Synology stuff uh since like 2012. And so um I uh I, I can give them like a a personal good recommendation, but I really like hearing that you're two months out of warranty and they still set you up. Like that's really great because I don't even know if they're still in business, but you remember Drobo? I, I have a Drobo here. If anyone wants a, 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 a NAS that will almost definitely fail on you. Yeah, I was going to say mine failed on me. I was out of warranty and I think their warranty was fairly limited. It was. And, and they were like shitty about it. Yeah. And they were, and, and, and not to be whatever, but, and, and I, I try to never pull this. I, I really do my best to never pull like the, do you know who I am card? <laughs> But, but, but at the same time, like, and, and you're in a similar situation because you have a lot of followers and people who buy these things follow you that if you're a company that knows anything, like at the very least, like you should, you know, I don't know, look into who your customer is before you're just like completely unhelpful. And I didn't drag them online. I, I, I didn't do that. Um, I could have, but I didn't, you know, I, I just didn't want to kind of go in that way. And I lost data. Uh, I lost no, it was five a- terabytes, including a couple years worth of like photos <laughs> that are just now completely missing from my, my life. This is before like everything was on iCloud. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. My, mine, mine was years and years ago and, and I didn't lose that much stuff, but it broke and it, it was like, their support was terrible. And I was just like, fuck this. But, um, the fact that mine, like the software still works is good, but I'm, I'm actually really like, uh, embiggened to use a Simpsons fake word to hear that they are, uh, they took care of you. Like, that's actually really great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, like a significant amount of data. And if anyone wants my recommendation, Synology plus Seagate drives mm-hmm. are, are going to, you, you'll do fine. Like I feel very secure with that. I wish it were more affordable for me to have an offsite backup of 12 terabytes of data. Me too. Me too. But unfortunately, the data hoarder people and people like us have ruined that for <laughs> consumer backup services or whatever. Well, like, like, so Backblaze does this thing where they'll send you, uh, 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 like, I think they actually send out Synology units. I'm not sure. But basically, you pay $3,000 as a deposit. And then for like $500 a month, you rent this large hard drive with as much storage as you need. You put all of your data on it and you mail it back to them, at which right. point you get your three grand back, but you still pay the, the monthly rent on it. Five, the $500 a month on it. They put it into your Backblaze backup account, and then you have access to the data at the time you backed it up. But uh, at, from that point on, you need to be able to continuously back up with Backblaze to keep it up to date. But if you do have 12 terabytes of retroactive data you want to back up with like Backblaze, they do offer uh, an option. I won't call it affordable because you could buy a bunch of new hard drives for that amount of money. Yes. But. They also they also let you, if you want to, you can use like, I think it's like their, their B2 system. Yeah. Um, where you can back up to that. And, and then, yeah, like you said, if you need to get that much data, it, I, I didn't know that they had like the deposit thing, but it would make sense that they would like just have you mail it out rather than upload it. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Um, and I, they've been doing that for a while where I remember even years ago, like when they first started, they would like mail you out a drive if they needed yep. to get you. And this is when we were talking like 500 gigabytes, right? right? They, when they that was a big deal. A drive. Yeah. Right. No, with that many terabytes. Yeah, I can see that if you needed an offsite storage thing. I'm going to be honest. I feel like if you have, if if it's like data that you absolutely need, because I think for most of us, a lot of the stuff that we have, like it's media, it's yeah. stuff that is data not hoarder, necessarily like you said. right. It, it so you know it's like your photos and whatnot. Like I can't think of much stuff I have that's going to be past like the the one terabyte space or or the two terabytes that like you get with you know like yeah. with, with them with iCloud or with with the uh, OneDrive or Dropbox or whatever, where you would need to be paying non-going costs. I feel like if you're past that point, you're probably somebody who should be 
a, that price is not going to be like turning you off. Prohibitive. Exactly. It's not gonna be prohibitive, but B, it might be one of those things where you're like, okay, maybe I need to look at a different sort of storage thing. Like maybe I, I need to look at a different sort of offsite storage thing, you know, more of an SMB type of thing yeah. uh, for, for offsite backups, right? Like, like I could still have a Synology or, or whatever else in home, but maybe I'm looking at like a, a different like offsite stuff if, if that's that crucial to you. Or, you yeah, I mean? or maybe you have like two Synologies, so you have redundant backup between, exactly. between a the couple. One, the one experience we had is that a, a, several of our drives failed at once and we were worried about being able to kind of rebuild the array when we were able to, we had to buy another unit. That's how we got our second unit to kind of like get things back up and running the way that we could. And then we had to like replace all the drives. We were able to bring the array back and, and kind of save it. And it, it took a while, but we were able to do that. Um, and uh, so that that's, than my experience, but I'm, I'm really glad to hear that they took care of you, especially since you were just so briefly out of warranty. Cause it sucks when it's like that new and, and it happens, you know, Yeah. because, because they're, they're not, they're not cheap. Um, they're really nice devices, but they're not, they're not inexpensive. So. Although the major cost of any is, NAS the, drives. is the drives. Yeah. And especially if you want to go like with a bunch of like 10 terabyte drives. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna be paying thousands. Yeah, yeah. We found a deal. I don't remember what size the drives were. They might have been eight. Ter- they might have been six terabytes. I don't yeah. know. We found a deal where there were certain Western Digital. We we just shucked them, but there were certain like uh the their external drives, not the ones that are connected to the internet, that were <laughs> cheap. Yeah, that were they were they were cheap and that, that like it was on data hoarders and like we bought a bunch of them from Best Buy and then like shucked them because yeah. the drives inside were not terrible like they weren't the best but they weren't terrible they were fine for our purposes but we got a bunch of six terabyte drives man that, that, that my way. book thing I mean no oh one should God. be relying on a my book at this point in history but no but that's an appliance that is literally designed at like moms and right. like dads, yeah. like the tech for, illiterate. Like that's for anyone that's who missed this news story, people woke up one morning and their multi terabyte, my book drives from it's Western digital, right? Yep. Uh, they were just, uh, just erasing themselves, which I believe turned out to be a zero day hack on old firmware. But yeah, uh, I, I, I that, that for that one, I think it was. And then there was another one where I think they found out that the code was commented out, um, w- which would have allowed um, them to require authentication to log in to, to like access someone's account. And, and it had been commented out like the logins have been commented out. So, I mean, the whole thing is just really terrible. I would and, hate to work at Western Digital on a morning like that. I would too, but their response was uh, was was kind of shitty because they were kind of like, well, it hasn't been supported for six years, which, right. okay, on the one hand, fair. On the other hand, if you know that that's the case, like, in my opinion, you should be pushing out something, like, the final thing you do when you push out a software update to that thing, which you can push out over the internet clearly because people were able to wipe stuff remotely, mm-hmm. should be a pop-up. Every single time somebody starts their computer and it has, you know, that utility that's running in the background that tells you this is out of support. This is no longer supported and you should not have this connected. Like to me, that is kind of crappy because you're literally selling this. You were selling this as as a solution for people to be able to plug it in and forget it. And Mm -hmm. so people aren't thinking, well, I bought this six, seven years ago. Why do I, you know, need to like who cares if it's being supported or not? Like. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people look at tech as, a, um, you know, the same way that you, you would think about. And this is becoming less true, unfortunately, but like the way that you think about a fridge or, um, you know, a, a, a pre completely online TV or, you know, like, yeah, an long, audio as receiver. long as it's working. Right. As long as it's working, who cares if it's being supported or not? You know, they're not thinking about the fact, oh, this is connected to the Internet and the security on this is so piss poor that we haven't done anything to prevent people from l- accessing these things without a login, which what the fuck? Like, I just, I don't know. I was, I was, I was really, uh, sad reading about that for people. And then because there were like multiple ones that happened for, for multiple different devices. And I was just like, you know, um, 
the it, it's easy in a lot of cases to blame the user. And in this case, I'm just like, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can agree with this because, um, it's just like you sold something that was an appliance that you designed for people to be able to plug in. And then you, you sold as a feature, you could remotely access this from anywhere. Like that was the whole point right. that it was connected to the internet and you could log into this website and you could access your data. If you're going to do that and then you're going to drop support and not update it anymore, like I feel like you need to make that abundantly clear every time you log in, every time you go to that website, every time that this is out of support. Like I yeah. feel like that's, the, it, it, you know, like I'm not, an, I'm not usually in favor of shutting down access. Like it, it could kind of go two ways. Like part of me wonders, part of me thinks in a case like this, that if you're really going to not support it anymore, including security, like zero days and stuff like this, when it's people's data, Part of me feels like, okay, well, then you should have shut off like the remote thing, right? You should have bricked it. Um, but I can also, I, I've been pissed in the past when companies have done that. So like I'm, I, I can argue both sides of that. But what I think like the right solution would be, would be to, okay, well, you need to have a banner on the client or the website or wherever it is. Like you need to have a banner that is very clearly saying this is not in support and you are using this at your own risk. Because if you don't do that, then people who got this thing and they just had it and forgot it and, and it's been back in a baby photos and all kinds of other stuff and hasn't been attached to a cloud service in most cases because people haven't thought they've needed to. And then they wake up one day and it's gone. Like, yeah. Those some of those stories from, like you said, from moms and 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 dads and uh, some of those, it was almost tragic. Like the stuff that they had they had entrusted to that storage solution and never thought twice. I mean, like you and I, we've lost enough data in our lives we have, that but we, we have, would we never, have, we'd never, never trust something like that. No, but that's because we we've, we've been through it and we're nerds and we've done this. Um, and you and I, God, going back to early episodes of Overtired, like we've talked so many times about the importance of having redundant backups yeah. and backups for our backups and whatnot. And because we've we've been we've been screwed. Like we just talked about the Drobo thing, but this just still feels like. And I could understand if like the drive itself died. Like okay, that shit happens. You didn't back up, but it just felt like the stuff that happened here was really really bad. Um, and then there was, so it, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to rant on that anymore, but that really, really upset me. Also in one case, I think in the second thing, someone found a flaw and addressed like their version of like one of their, their my cloud OS, like version three, which they no longer support, but this is the one that goes for their, their NAS devices. That was the, where they had like the, the authentication, um, bug. So this was different than the, than the zero day. Um, but um, this was a different zero day, I guess. And so these were their NAS devices and, and it was running an older version of their operating system that they only recently stopped supporting. Like they only stopped supporting it, I think, in March. And um, somebody like released a thing to them that basically said, hey, there's a security flaw. And rather than patching it for version three, they just introduced a new version and didn't go back in and backport it. So, but, but like security researchers like reached out to them and like, Hey, we found this thing. And they just totally were like, okay, well, we'll just fix it in our next version, which completely negates the fact that not all devices could run the, the latest version. Sure. Right. Yeah. Which is shitty. And, and, um, and NAS is especially like I just mentioned, like the one I use is nine years old and it still runs the latest Synology software, which still gets security updates and stuff. And Synology does a good job of even backporting security things to older versions of their DSM stuff, which is the way you need to do it. And because a NAS, even more than like a personal hard drive or whatever, is not something that you replace every few years. It is something that you typically have and then you're, you know, like going to use it until it either is too slow or it dies because it's a little more than like a LAN and, and a drive interface. Yeah. Like that's all it is. There's nothing that complex with it. Uh, the reason that like, I want to get a new one is because I want to do more server stuff and home lab stuff with it. But it, it, for all intents and purposes, you don't need to do a Plex or, or Docker or have yeah. apps or whatever. Like it, it's literally just like, like what our Drobos were, which were not even true NASs. You know, it's just like just raid one drive. It just weighed one, one drives and like a, a, an interface and like a, an ethernet jack. Right. Yeah. So, Actually, mine mine wasn't even network connected. I had to hook, I had it running connected to 
an always on 2012 mini. Yeah, I did too. I think mine was like a 2009 mini. Uh, so it was a similar, it was a similar thing. Yeah, you're right. Mine wasn't even network connected. Um, but the fact that somebody releases like, like less to know about it, they don't bother to update it. And then the researchers, this is the most amazing thing. The researchers developed and released their own patch for that version of the software. And like they offered it to, after the fact, they offered it to Western Digital. Hey, you can use this so that you could at least have a final kind of like, like patch or whatever for this version three to patch the security flaw. No, they don't care. Nah. nah. So what stupid thing did you want to talk about? Okay. So, uh, so this happened like right after we recorded the last time you and I recorded. So before Ashley and I recorded and, and before we took our, our week off, I, um, I went sort I, I went semi-viral on Twitter. Uh, I'll, sh- I'll share in, uh, the, um, the chat in, in our equip document, rather the, the, the tweet so you can see it. But, um, I used to work with a guy named, uh, Felix Salmon and, all I can really say about him is that he sucks. Uh, he wrote, he works at Axios where he's paid. I don't even want to know more than you and I probably more than you and I put together. I know that for a fact because of what he made at fusion, um, uh, slash Gizmodo media group, but he did this really terrible report on Axios. He's their like their chief financial correspondent. And he's like my deep dive into unemployment fraud, quite possibly the largest theft of all time. Um, first of all, uh, I think that calling unemployment fraud theft is a bit much um, it, because like it says nothing of wage theft and all the other things that employers do, you know, against employees. Second of all, all the data in this quote unquote deep dive um, came from one company who reported a figure that had not been analyzed by anyone except for this company um, that, that claimed that the amount of, of uh, unemployment um, like, fake unemployment claims that happened during, during, because of COVID totaled $400 billion. And the, um, there, there have been some discrepancies in, um, I think unemployment results, but there's also been discrepancies in what companies, have, like what states have paid out. Like there've been a lot of discrepancies in some cases, people will call something fraud when it's not fraud. Like there was a case, I think in Michigan where Tupac Shakur was getting, um, unemployment stuff. And it turned out it was a real guy named Tupac Shakur. Like the the, right. the Republican yeah, politicians, yeah. the Republican po- politicians, you know, did this or whatnot. So yeah, the, the so, governor had to come back and apologize. Turns out, turns out, actually, there is a real, there is a different Tupac Shakur. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, of course, asshole. So his whole source on this was like just this this one company that is designed to basically be an auditor for um, people who like for for states that to claiming like, hey, we're going to audit and make sure that you're not getting defrauded from unemployment. Um, people finally found employment. And this company by itself, people have actually had problems with ID.me was the company. And so this whole thing came from this anti-fraud software provider. This is the only source of his data. And his deep dive was literally um, like a slideshow. Like, so I know that Axios is all about kind of getting to like the heart of what you want to do, but it was a fucking slideshow. Anyway, so it was a pretty egregious tweet that already when I saw it was ratioed and ratioed means that you have more replies or quote tweets than you have likes or like natural retweets. So more people are replying to you or quote tweeting you in a negative way than are replying to you. Yeah. Um, I responded because I used to work with this guy and he's a, this is what I tweeted because, and I actually, before I tweeted this, I asked the group chat of people I used to work with and I said, should I tweet this? And they said, yes. And then I reworked it a little bit, but I made sure to take my personal feelings about him and like any, like I was completely objective. Let me just put it that way. Like nothing I said was untrue and, and I didn't like take any low blows. And so what I replied was amazing reporting from a person who got paid $400,000 a year. And in the year we worked together produced almost nothing, but who did spend his days yelling loudly on the phone with his kitchen contractors. Perfect. Yeah. So he, we found out because the, the union accidentally leaked pay data that was um, like that had people's actual names on it. Uh, we found out that he was paid $400,000 a year. Actually it was 412,000 because of the union mandated 3% annual increase. But we found out after um, uh, the fusion media group 
merged with the the Gizmodo Media Group, which was previously Gawker Media and its whole thing. And they they shut down and laid off, I don't know, like 60, 70% of Fusion and moved the remaining people into our office. Um, we found out how much he was making. And everybody was kind of gobsmacked because the rumors had been he was well paid. And like they paid a lot of the the uh, Fusion people, especially the high, like the, the big names. They A lot of them, when they joined the company, got paid a lot of money fine um but he was still union eligible because he didn't like manage any employees or anything so he was in our union and um we were all kind of gobsmacked because a as i said he literally almost never filed stories and when he did file stories maybe 500 people would view them it was one of those kind of laughable things so everybody like the joke was kind of like what does felix do all day well what felix did all day is he would very loudly in our open workspace in our open office yell on the phone with his kitchen contractors about like the tile and other stuff that was, that wasn't coming in while also on Slack telling people who made $60,000 a year that they really should think about investing in um, redoing their rentals. Because if you're in a permanent rental, it's worth six months salary amortized to redo your kitchen because that's going to serve you for a really long time. And, and, and it's actually cheaper that way than, than owning or some shit. People who are like, I have a hole in my kitchen floor. And people are like, I have lots of holes. People are like, my landlord was on, you know, like Pix11's um, like, uh, like landlord watch thing. You know, people are like, I had to steal bread from the office to eat. Like, real talk. And, and then you have this guy who we all know how much he's making because it, it got out, who's doing nothing and then is loudly yelling at contractors on the phone. He also did like a really bad video about anal sex. Um uh, again, I didn't like do the low blow shit. I just was like amazing reporting from a person who got paid 400,000 a year. And in the year we worked together, produced almost nothing, but who did spend his days yelling loudly on the phone with his kitchen contractors. That tweet, I expected maybe 50 people to like it. Like, cause I replied, I didn't quote tweet him. I didn't like do whatever. I, it was a reply. It did. It had 511 retweets, 144 quote tweets, 7,286 likes and um, hundreds of replies. So um, like 175 replies. So it got 525,000 impressions, 80,925 total engagements. Like I, I, it's, it's probably been seen more than almost an eight tweet I've ever sent, which is ridiculous. And then the number of people who DM'd me and texted me to like thank me for like writing that people who've either used to work with him or know him or other stuff off the charts. So uh also the replies were all very good. It was mostly just people responding with like gifs. Yeah. Uh, you know, of, like that. yeah, it, which are very good. Um and and most of the quote tweets are things like hello, I'd like to report a murder and whatnot and uh anyway, so um, you're doing the so Lord's happened. work. I, I, yeah, honestly, I, I, I almost never weigh in on this stuff. I almost never do like in this way, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't when this guy is talking about the, the uh, largest theft of all time. And I'm like, you fucking asshole, you fucking asshole of all people. Jason, um, Jason Calacanis with a, with the Simpsons chip. <laughs> yeah. Stop. No, stop. I got, He's already dead. Yeah. No, I mean, it was just, yeah. So, so that's my stupid internet thing. This happened several weeks ago, but I was pretty proud of it. But I was also a little bit like intimidated by it. I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't, I didn't mean for like. There there are way worse things to go viral for. At least you oh, felt good about yours. 100%. And it was also one of those things where I was trying to think in my mind, I was like, okay, you know, cause I was trying to think, I was like, can, is there, is there any way that anybody can, you know, like a, he, you know, again, he makes more money than me and that's fine. Um, uh, he doesn't work that hard, which, you know, it is also fine. What's not fine is when you have those two things and you're talking about the greatest theft of all time when you're writing a press release for some company that has a vested mm-hmm. interest and stuff like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, also when I, I know for a fact, like, like I could have shared other things. Like I made a point to try to be like, as just factual as possible. Like I didn't want it to be, cause my, my sister, I was explaining this to her and she, didn't quite agree, but when I kind of explained it to her, I was like, look, I I didn't actually punch down, even though 
it would kind of be impossible for me to like, I didn't bring anything in about his anal sex video. I didn't bring any, and I didn't bring anything in about his awkwardness. I didn't bring anything in about like how badly written his stuff was like, there's all sorts of stuff I could have done that would have been like, what do you have to do to make 400,000 a year? I feel like there's a a ceiling on my potential income that will prevent me from ever making $400,000 a year. Yeah, same. So the, the real story is that he was he came into journalism when they still paid magazine people like insane rates. Like yeah. there was a time like when like magazine money was massive. Yeah. And then he was early blogging and kind of made a name for himself, kind of like the Matt Iglesias type. Like there are these people who if you were a well-known blogger in the early 2000s, like the the Matt Iglesiases, the Glenn Greenwalds, like the Felix Salmons, there uh Taibis, like there are, are other people, um, Andrew Sullivan's, like where you will be paid, huh. like uh, Ariana uh, Huffington, even before you know HuffPost or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like she was sure. like, one of those types. Like there, there are those people who will like probably always be able to to make that kind of money because they have were seen by established. people establishment like the the people who don't really know anything about media don't really know anything about stuff but they're like oh well this is a big name so we'll pay them this right and and like i'm sure i have no idea how much someone like maggie haberman makes the new york times and, and some of the other like really big columnists i'm sure they make a lot kara swisher i'm sure makes through her podcast and stuff with the times i'm sure she makes at least half a million a year um just on that stuff and then on her outside stuff and you know she she's clearly making i would guess over a million a year. I'm guessing. I could be wrong on this, but the, but this is just my guess. Her podcast alone, I would think, you know, she's she's making significant amounts of money. Um, but she works really hard and 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 has, in my opinion, like I, I don't begrudge that. You know, like Maureen Dowd, I'm sure makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. But uh, yeah, um, I don't put him in that same category, and I never have. He got lucky. And what happened was that when Fusion was started, it was a joint venture between Disney and Univision, and they were just giving out exorbitant salaries. And he wasn't laid off until like they were about to sell the company to the private equity people who paid like peanuts for it. And and then I think they still paid off his contract um, because he had because I guess and again I've never made this much money and probably never will but I think apparently when you make that much money you usually have employment contracts rather than being like necessarily at will and uh, from what I understand he then had like a period of time when he wasn't working uh, he'd been kind of like let go or whatever but they still paid out the rest of his year huh. and they just didn't want to have it on the books when they sold it to the next you know company so and no. then you know yeah he also like did a slate thing i don't know anyway fuck that guy but uh but that was my very good tweet that went that went viral cool with our last two minutes well actually yeah, yeah we have a minute and a half i gotta tell you about a cable management solution i found yes please do so like i've been like one weekend at a time continuing to make my cables prettier and prettier mm-hmm. and so you know what what like cable clips you, you, you use under your desk yes and the problem i've always run into is if you get enough cables packed into one then it puts enough tension that the adhesive always comes off and then you're just left with cables with with clips on them hanging under your desk so i found these things um they're cleverly called uh adjustable cable clamp um, they're from a, uh, I believe Taiwanese manufacturer, but I, I will link them on, uh, in the show notes here. Let me, I'll show you these in quip here. Um, they, they have like a ladder style instead of like the little ratchet zip tie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They have this ladder style, big uh, big holes and a big tab that that locks them in place, and oh, undoing nice. them, undoing them, you just pull down on them and push, and you can undo them. And they have a little hole in the middle, and they come with a bunch of tiny screws, so you can actually screw them under your desk. They can hold a huge bundle of cables, or they can tightly hold just a a, a couple USB cables. Um, they're big enough to hold entire like power cables. 
and oh yeah this they're is nice perfect yes i am no, loving this is them great yeah i i might get some of these because under my desk i do have like a cable management like tray thing yeah. kind of solution and it has some like clips like you said but not like this where you can very easily expand it yeah because usually like at least in my case like i have to like cut them and like redo them right and these are like 28 cents a piece they're not they're not fancy that I, I i'm loving them they're the best solution i've found so far that's awesome that's awesome okay just, very, just doing very, my my service for the readers or for the listeners just the listeners no this is good and this is important because you're about to like be you know filming yourself so you need to you know clutter like oh my god i have to i have to redo the whole back wall of my office and put yeah. up like a bookshelf and some shelves with like my youtube awards on them i probably need to repaint the whole thing i'm just kidding i don't have youtube awards it's just was, all of my favorite YouTube channels. They always have like one like little Same. YouTube award up there. I know, I know. I, that, that's uh, that's how I feel like. like. Part of me wants to like start a YouTube channel, like like <laughs> like do a real thing out of it, just so I can get my own um, uh, silver play button. Um, uh, we got a silver play button for uh, for Channel Nine for for Microsoft Developer, um, but like I I, I want to get Can't that. You just one borrow like, that one. I mean, I no because. You know, they want it in, in like the studio, like the actual sure. studio. So I can't have it at my house uh, and it wouldn't be fair. So um, I, I do wish it was one of those things where like they would let you have multiples, you know, like yeah. you could order multiples for all the people yeah. on your team. Yeah. But they don't let you do that. Ugh. Rules. All right. Well, thanks. for I, 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 I feel pretty good uh, depression wise in this moment that you, you perk me up a little bit. Yes. It won't last. I mean, this isn't the like. It's not fixable. But, no, totally. But but, but like, for the moment, I'm actually feeling but, but pretty cheerful. Well, that's good, and hopefully, it will only be a few more days yes. of feeling like shit, and then you can go back to feeling better. Yes, I have a psych appointment Monday, which won't actually, you know, psych appointments don't fix anything, but maybe. I mean, they don't, but like, it feels better to talk about stuff. I actually have a sh- I have a shrink appointment in like 25 minutes. Oh well, have fun with that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And then get some sleep, Christina. Get some sleep, Brad. The system is going down low.